Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. John chapter 14. Um, and it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives within you. Now and later will be in you. I want to jump to verse 26. It says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. Let's go to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And we're going to begin reading from verse 5. I just want to kind of set a foundation here. Just read a couple of scriptures before we get into the word of God. John chapter 16, it says, But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is that and not one of you is asking, Where am I going? Instead, you are grieving because of what I have told you. But in fact, it is best. I love this. This is, this is kind of like we don't think that Jesus is going to say this, but he does. He says, But it is best. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Now, who we, we have already identified who the advocate is. Who's the advocate? The Holy Spirit. It's because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And I want to go to Acts chapter 1 more verse. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power. And the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth it says but you will receive power someone shout power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you will we bow our heads and close our eyes Father we we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you are continuously faithful, God. I thank you, God, that, that you use me, oh God, to communicate a message that you want your people to hear. Lord, let it be none of me and all of you. That I may simply be a reflection of who you are at this moment that I may be your mouthpiece at this moment. And whatever I mess up today, oh God, that you may fix by the time it gets to your listeners' ears. So I thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for the sensitivity of your people. Thank you, God. And I thank you, God, and we just all repent for gluttony this last couple of days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Um, 
<laughs> How many parents do we got in the house? Uh, no, man, don't be ashamed. Come on, I'm, the kids are in the back. <laughs> um, I was raised with four children, well, four brothers. No girls. Four boys, no girls, thank God, right? Because if you know me and my brothers, you, you thank God every single time. So uh, the only woman that we had in our house was my mom. Hashtag mom, I love you right there. Hallelujah, holla back. Um, I forced her to come to this church. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> she's like, I want to go to Salem where they sing songs. Shout outs to Salem. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, no, you coming to my church. Uh, <laughs> but... um. The only idea of a, of a, a lady, a female, a woman, uh, is, is my mom. And uh, now, currently, right now, I live with two women. And uh, one of them is seven years old, my daughter. I love her. And one of, them, one of them is seven years old, and the other one, she's my wife. She's, we're not going to tell you her age, uh, but we're going to leave it. We don't say women's ages, right? But she looks good for her age. I'm just saying she's beautiful. Anyhow, one of the things that I love doing is coming to their rescue. How many husbands love when you come to your wife's rescue? Guys, this is your time right now to get brownie points. You just missed a great opportunity. This is when you have your chest out. You say, yeah, that's me. I love it. This is your time. You go home. You're like, baby, thank you that you just shouted me out. I love you. Um, and I, I want to tell you a couple of stories and some of you have heard, if you have, I share all these stories all the time. And one of the things that, um, my, I, I love doing for my wife. I, I don't know about you, but when my wife can't open up a can, woo, like, yo, I roll up the sleeves. Now I don't know about you, but this is a moment, and you, I know ladies, it's just like, it's just opening up a can. Like, I have to work sick. I have to take care of the kids. I have to take them a shower, take a shower, do our, I got to do it all. you just opening up a can. You don't know how important that can is to open for us. So when you tell us, I can't open this can, you know why we walk. Watch this. I'll be back. And then you make believe like it was not a sweat. It was like, it's all right, baby, I got you. Let me know when you need me to rescue you again. Right? Like I love, I I love coming to my wife's rescue. And I love that, that, that when she can't do something, I can come and do it for her. Now, the same thing is with the other young lady in my home. And when she was younger, she was learning how to get dressed. Praise God that we all learn how to get dressed because we're coming to church all Torah. But thank God, right? And my beautiful daughter, she, I remember when she was learning how to get dressed, at one point she did not want me to get her dressed. And she was like, Daddy, I got it. I got this, Daddy. And she, you know, my wife learned through the years to call upon the name of Rolando and I will open up the cans for her, right? I will do that. But my daughter was at the stage where she's like, no, like, are you crazy? Like, I got this. I know how to put my pants. I know how to put my shirt. She was like three years old. She's like, daddy, I got this. Leave me alone. Anybody got kids like that, that they just want to do things on their own? Like, leave me alone. I got this, right? And my three-year-old daughter at the time, she is trying to get dressed. And by the time uh, five minutes pass, she has 
her pants as her shirt and her shirt as her pants. And she is all tangled up in clothes. And she's like, Daddy! Can you help me? I'm like, I was trying to help you in the first place. Like, I was trying to get you dressed. Like, Daddy, help me! Daddy, help me! And, and you know, this is, I use those as illustrations, right? Um, to paint a picture of how times we can have access to higher power or greater power and many times we want to do things on our own uh you see my wife it would be my wife has learned that when she has access to a greater power she leans into it and even though it's as simple as something as turning a can or turning a bottle or whatever it is that she can't open up she can't do herself she she says honey I'm here. I got you. Right? Because she knows she has access to a higher power. Someone shout higher power. She has a, a access to a greater strength, right? And, and the thing is with my daughter, she, she now has learned that. But before, she had access to a higher power and a greater power, but she wanted to do things on her own. You know, I think that paints a great picture of oftentimes how we can have access. God has given us access to a greater power, and we use, we, we become used to living a powerless life. Why? Because we end up wanting to do things on our own. You know what I'm talking about? But I want to let you know today that the power, the kind of power that God has given us access to, what will take you decades to overcome and what will take you decades to get done, God could do in a moment. I don't know if you believe that, but you can give God some praise. You see that if we can tap into the power that God has, you will realize there are things that you are not meant to do alone, but the Holy Spirit comes and gives you power to overcome what you've been trying to battle and struggle with and do in decades. God will come and do it in a moment. See, John chapter 16 says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you are asking where I'm going. Instead, you are grieving because of what I've done. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. It is, it is what? It is best for you that I, that I go away. Jesus is saying that it is better for me to go away and send you the Holy Spirit. Like, I don't know about you, but I, I read this verse. I'm like, what could be better than chilling with Jesus? It, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm, I'm, what could be better than chilling with Jesus? Can, like, I get mad at that verse. I'm like, no, I want to hang out with Jesus. I remember I was like, I turned 33 years old last year, right? And I remember being 33 years old and just kind of like sitting there, I was like, man, I'm 33. That's the age Jesus lived up to. And I just kind of had this parallel with Jesus and looking at, I'm like, you know, I hope I'm as good looking as Jesus was at 33. And, uh, and, and, and I just remember having this moment and just be like, and I started crying because I was like, God, what would it be that if I could walk with you, talk with you, uh, just be in your, in your presence, right? Like, what is better than being with physical, visible, tangible Jesus? What's better than that? What's better than walking with Jesus? What could be, what could be, like, I would want to go back into time. I don't know about you, but I thought of moments. I would have loved to seen Jesus walk on water. I'm just saying. 
I would have loved to see Jesus spit on the mud and put it in some guy's face and saying, you're healed. I would have loved to see Jesus stand at the edge of the boat and say, peace, be still. I would have loved to see Jesus call out to the the lepers and say, you are healed. Your skin is restored like a baby. I would have loved, you know what I'd love to see Jesus do? I would have loved that scene when Jesus picked up the whip and beat everybody with it. Because I'm like, that reminded me of my childhood. I'm like, I've been there. I've been there, Pharisees. God bless you. That's right. You lucky he's not hitting you with the chunklet. Now that's even worse. Because you know they walked around with sandals, right? Moms have a supernatural anointing. It's like a boomerang effect. Oh, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, what, what can be better? But Jesus says this. He says, hey, listen, it's actually better that I leave because I'm going to send you someone. He says, it's actually better that I leave because I've, I've completed my mission. He says, it's better that I leave because you see me as the powerful one. But when I leave, I will send you the one that will give you power. See, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. But he says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus in us. And, and he, says, he says, listen, I've, I've completed my mission, but when I send you the Holy Spirit, it's so that you can complete your mission. See, Jesus came to restore everything that was lost. Uh, can I take you, can I go back real quick? Can I go real back real quick? He says, Matthew, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says, but you have received power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I think sometimes that the Holy Spirit is misunderstood. Like you have a picture of God the Father. I know we all have like images of God the Father. Like he's this bearded guy with, you know, salt pepper hair with a big staff, and Jesus is nice and handsome, and he's like, and then the Holy Spirit is like, somehow he's become like this B-level character in the, in the walk of a believer. It's like, we know what God is, we know who God is, we know who Jesus is, but who is the Holy Spirit? And we kind of think like the Holy Spirit is like, you know, we hear the illustration that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, but it didn't say he was a dove, right? It said he descended, so we think that the Holy Spirit is just like this little birdie just flying around. How are you? How are you? But I think that when you misunderstand something, you could lose the power that that thing brings if that thing is supposed to be meant to be powerful in your life. And says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he says, this is why it's better for me to, to, to leave because I've completed my mission, but you are to complete your mission and I'm going to give you power to live a supernatural life in a very natural world. See, oftentimes we have become accustomed to living a very natural life without power. And Jesus says, but you have been given power by the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I, I want to take you back real quick because what happens is, can, can I preach the gospel real quick? I want to take you back. Acts chapter, well, he says you, the whole, when the Holy Spirit comes, but here's the deal. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, he goes back, we go back to Genesis, and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit hovered over the faces of the water. And the Holy Spirit there, that God began to speak into existence. He says, let there be light. And there was light. And God created the world by a, a words. And God created man. And he created Adam. 
And he fellowshiped with Adam and he communed with Adam and he had conversations with Adam and he, and he spoke to Adam. And then came Eve. Hashtag it all. No, I'm just joking. Then came Eve. All right, it was our fault. It was our fault. I feel like I'm talking to my wife. It's our fault. It's my fault. I'm sorry. Just kidding. So here you have Adam and Eve. And they're walking with God and they're living holy and they're living out their purpose. He says, be fruitful and multiply. And you have Adam and Eve in the mix. And, and then God puts a tree and he says, don't eat of the fruit. He gives the instructions. He says, you can have any fruit. But don't eat this one. And what is it human nature, what is it that human nature does? The thing that, that we shouldn't have or the thing that we can't have, we want the most. God says, you can have everything. And they say, no, we want that one. And they, the Bible says that they ate of the fruit. And the moment they ate of the fruit, sin came into the world. The moment they ate from the fruit, sin came to the world. And the Bible says that uh, God came walking into the garden and he said, Adam, where are you? We spoke about that a couple of uh, weeks ago. Adam, where are you? And he says, I'm hiding. He says, why are you hiding? He says, because I'm naked. He says, who told you that? And he says, well, I, what happened was is that, you know, I, I, I was chilling and, you know, she offered me an apple and the, the woman that you gave me, it started the blame game. Right there. Exactly. There started the blame game. Oh, the woman you, the woman that you gave me. And, and oftentimes, watch this, men, can I talk to the men real quick? Oftentimes, this is what happens with men when they lack in leadership. They blame other things instead of taking responsibility and returning to God with their faults. Amen. I needed louder amen, so I had to get on the women's side for a moment. <laughs> and he said, he goes to the woman, he says, the woman that you gave me, and God goes to the woman, he said, what happened? He goes, oh, it was the serpent. And the blame game, and, and what happens is, is that this chasm is created with, between God and man, and there's a separation, and the, uh, they're exiled from Eden, the place of paradise, the place of community. And, and what happens is that there is this separation between God and man. But then when you fast forward 2,000 years later, there's this beautiful verse called John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever will place their faith in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You see, the thing is, when you place your faith in Jesus God restores everything that was disorganized. God restores our communion with the holy God. Jesus comes and he restores the unity between God and man that was lost in the beginning. See, for the first Adam sinned and all sinned, but the second Adam in his obedience all became righteous. Jesus restores, but not Wait, there's more. <laughs> it's a great advertisement. Jesus doesn't only wash away your sin. He gives you abundant life. Yes. See, oftentimes we, we are just at the place where we, 
God forgave us our sin, and we think that our relationship with God is simply escaping hell. We think that a relationship with God is our fire insurance. Oh, we, we're escaping hell. But let me tell you, Jesus didn't just come to heal you from your sin or forgive you of your sin. He came to restore everything that you've lost. He came to give you power. He came to give you abundant life. And watch this. The moment you profess, this is what we believe as a church community. The moment, I came to preach today. The moment you profess your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes running to the rescue. And he says, I'm going to make your life my dwelling place. The, the moment, and the Bible says, it uses this awesome term that you your body, watch this, watch this. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Whew. That word temple is literally the house of God. Your, your body is the house of God. You know, oftentimes, <laughs> oh man, oftentimes we treat this physical place better than we treat our temple of the Holy Spirit. It says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the moment you say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe in you. You know, at the end of every sermon, we use something called the fresh start prayer. And that is a new beginning. Why? Because your body is not your own. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The moment you profess your faith in Jesus and you say, Jesus, I believe in you. The Holy Spirit says, I'm here. I'm coming in. And he comes and dwells in your life. Corinthians, watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Do you not know? What? Oh. Do you not know? I get excited. I'm sorry. I was raised Pentecostal and uh, raised in a Hispanic home, so I'm loud. And do you not know that your body is the house of God? I, I, wanna, I want somebody to catch this today. If, listen, if, if all you walk out with is this, this is a good place to start. Your body is the house of God. Your, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. House of God, where the Holy Spirit lives. God gave you the Holy Spirit. Now you belong to God. You don't belong to yourselves. God bought you with a what? A great price. He says, I paid what you've been worth. My life. So honor God with your body. You belong to him. <laughs> Now, I, I want to, have you ever had, have you ever had someone come to your house? I'm sorry, but Hispanics are very known for this. You can come into my house, but you can't go into my refrigerator. <coughs> have you ever, have you ever had somebody in your house for the first time and they made themselves at home a little too quickly? <laughs> like, ah, like people come to your house for the first time, they're, Feet are up on your couch. Like, all right. All right, I wasn't expecting that. Right? All right. I didn't know we were cool like that, but God bless. Right? Hey, you ever had somebody just make themselves comfortable? I might be that guy in your house. I'm just saying. Forgive me. I just, I just go in your refrigerator. Man, there's no vegetarian stuff here. I'm out of here. Um, like, like, I... There's a guy that comes to this church. He sings in worship. 
I'm not going to mention his name. He, sit, he stands like right here. And, uh, you know, he, he slept over my house one day. If he was here today, this would have been a lot more funnier. And, uh, and I remember, we woke up the next day. We had to go to church. And uh, I see his socks on my sofa. First of all, I had to look at them because I was like, are those my socks? Right? So I'm like, all right. My boy Andrew... And then I see his long johns on the other sofa. And my man is in the shower or in the bathroom. And I'm like, no. I was like, and I was like, did he really leave his long johns on my sofa? And his socks on the sofa, not even on the floor, on the sofa. And I was just like, no, I can't be. And I just, I just thought this, like, like, nah, this ain't your house, bro. <laughs> right? Like, right? Like, that's what you think. Like, this ain't your house. You can't just do what you want up in here. You know? Like, I like you. I love you. You're an amazing, you're anointed, but you can't leave your socks up on my sofa. You're amazing, bro. I'll have you over for Christmas. You can sleep whenever you want, but you can't leave your long johns and your socks all up on my sofa. I'm just saying, right? Only I could do that. I'm just <laughs> Here's, my, here's, here's the deal. I think sometimes when we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, right? Catch this. We allow, the, we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. When the Holy Spirit starts doing what he wants in your life, we start resisting the Holy Spirit. And we, you can't, you can't be doing up, you can't be just changing my desires. You can't just be, you can't be moving like that in my life. You can't be bringing up and surfacing some things that you want to deal with because you want to deal with it. You can't be doing this. Is my, this is my house. Wait, what? Is, is it your house or is it the temple of the Holy Spirit? I want you to catch this, church, because this is how we function. I know we know this here. I know that we know this here. I know that. We, a lot of us know that. We know that we are our body, but the way we function, the way we operate, when, 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 when things get tough, well, our default position is, you can't, you can't do that in my house. You can't leave up your socks all up and your long, no, you can't do that in my house. Holy Spirit, you can't just surface up the things that you want to surface because it's convenient for you. I got stuff to take care of. I don't got stuff, time in my life to be dealing with the things that you want to deal with. You, I, Holy Spirit, hold, and we begin to resist the Holy Spirit. But when you realize that your body and your life is not your own and your life and your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, you say, see, see, if Andrew comes into my house and he says, I actually bought this whole thing. See, oftentimes we see the Holy Spirit as the guest in our house, the guest in our body, the guest in our life. The Holy Spirit says, your body is my house here. Where, where what you call your life is actually my temple. Your body is the temple of the 
Holy Spirit, I think that you would live a better life if you realized that your body was the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think you'll add more value to your life if you realize, if we realize that, if the church realized that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think we'd be better parents if we realize that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think we'd be better workers if our, we realize that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? He has paid it with a price, a high price. And he says, listen, I'm not just renting here. I've paid for this thing in full. Your life, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life and you say, do with it as you please. How often... How different would life be if you said, my life is not my own. It belongs to the Holy Spirit. You, get, you know what? You live a happier life, that's for sure. Let somebody cut you off in traffic and you say, my life is not mine. <laughs> right? Let you wait online for 15 minutes. Well, shorter, five minutes, and somebody cuts you off. I've been, don't you see I've been waiting here for five minutes? Why? You know why we do that? Because our life is our own. Come on. Can we keep it real? Our life is our own. But let me tell you, when your life is not your own, I'm not saying that people could just step all over you, but I'm just saying that there's grace for those things. My life is not my own. My life is not my own. When you're not the God of your life and you actually position who the true God is in your life, you start serving better, you start loving better, you start demonstrating a lot more grace to other people because your life is not your own. It belongs to the Holy Spirit. I'm just, I'm the, I'm the house of the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, let's go. <clears throat> I want to give you about five things that the Holy Spirit empowers you to do. Can I give you five? I was going to give you 20, but I'm going to give you five. <laughs> The Holy Spirit does many things in our lives. Um, the, the, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is, the Greek word there is the paraclete or the helper, the, the intercessor, the counselor, the advocate, the comforter. These are all terms that describe the Holy Spirit. It literally means to come alongside you. Come alongside you. That's why, that's why when, 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 when the Holy Spirit comes, you, 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 you live differently. Your desires begin to change. The things that you once hated, the, I'm sorry, the, one thing, the things that you once hated, you love, and the things that you once loved and desired and wanted, you now put them away because God just, I realized that when, I'm, when the Holy Spirit came into my life, I just didn't feel comfortable with the things I felt comfortable with before. Am I preaching to somebody today? And there's five things, and I'm telling you, if you, and I'm, we're, we're going to roll through them quickly. Um, hey, man, we got a baby to dedicate. I can't take my time. <laughs> Number one, write this down. The Holy Spirit empowers you in your weakness. The Holy Spirit empowers you in your weakness. You know, oftentimes what we think the gospel is, God using very gifted and talented people. <laughs> Have you met the disciples? Like, I could have picked a way better team than the disciples. But that's the beauty of the gospel. That God doesn't pick people 
based upon their strengths and their accolades and their achievements and their resumes. God picks people who others have left over and says, I'm going to change the world with you. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he says. That's the message of the gospel. God takes ordinary people and says, I'm going to change the world with you. God takes ordinary people to live a supernatural life. Guess what? The life that you've been called to live, if you're living it without the Holy Spirit, you're living less than what God intended for you. But when you embrace the Holy Spirit in your life and you allow him to take over of, of your life, you begin to live a supernatural life in an ordinary world. And he looks at the disciples and he calls upon the disciples. And these guys are, did you, have you read the Bible? Really, we're, we're going to use, we're going to use Noah, the guy that got drunk. We're going to use that guy. Have you seen Jesus' genealogy? There is a prostitute there in Jesus' genealogy. There is a situation that was caught in adultery, a woman that was caught in adultery, David, hashtag David. I don't mean to blow you up like that, David, but it's in the Bible. The Holy Spirit blew you up. <laughs> right? And he says, that's the lineage I'm going to come out of. Wait, what? Can't you come? Like, and, and here's the thing. I don't like, I don't like, I like boasting on the things I'm good at. <laughs> Can I be honest? How about you? I like, like, I don't know about you, I like talking about, like, I want God to use me in the areas that I'm great at. But God says, I will empower you in your weakness. Because when you are weak, that is when I am made strong. And God takes this thing called weakness and he puts it on the potter's clay and he begins to mold your weakness and he begins to build your weakness. And next thing you know, your weakness is actually the strength of God being manifested in your life. See, I just want to boast on the things that I'm good at. And oftentimes what gets in the way, watch this church, many times we think that God can't use us because we are too weak. But it's only the opposite of the gospel. It is actually counterintuitive. The thing that sometimes gets in your way is not your weakness. It's the things that you think you're good at. And so you leave God absent of those things because you're so good at them. <laughs> you could clap for that. If you're going to clap, clap for real. Oftentimes what gets in the way is not our weakness. And we think that that's the thing that's stopping God from using us and living this powerful life. Instead of living a, a powerless life, we are called to live a powerful life in a very uh, powerless world. And, and we, we put our faith in so many things and politicians and the, the Holy Spirit has given us power. It's not your weakness that's going to keep you from him. Sometimes it's our very strength that keeps us from walking in the power. Someone shout power. Powerful life that God has called us to live. Someone shout power. power. Romans chapter 8, it says, in the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us where we are weak. Oh, that's so good. How many can thank God for the, for the scriptures that were, in, that were written by the Holy Spirit? He says the Holy Spirit, he comes and he helps us even when we are weak. He, that, that weakness that you have, what is it that you're weak at today? Allow the Holy Spirit to come. 
In this context, it talks about prayer. He says, even when you don't know how to articulate words, even when words limit your capacity to connect with me, my Holy Spirit inside you does the rest. Can you imagine? If God could help me in prayer and communicating to him, man, he could pray. He can help me in so many other areas in my life. It's not in your, your strength. It's in your weakness. Just look at the disciples. The Bible says that they were unlearned men, but they had taken notice that they were with Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, I watch this. This is the Apostle Paul. If there's somebody that it can be arrogant and prideful and braggadocious, is this man named the Apostle Paul. He was a, he was a very intelligent man. The Bible says that he was a Pharisee. He was actually schooled by one of the greatest Pharisees named Gamaliel. He came under his tutelage. And look what he says. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. And these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, oppositions, bad breaks. Anybody been there? I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Wait, this is not, this is counterintuitive. This does not make sense. I don't want a God, I don't want God to use, I want God to use me when I'm singing oceans. I want God to use me when I'm preaching. And it's, I want God to just, God, use this. Do you see this right here? Like, I use this, this right here. Not my weaknesses. Like, leave, just use this right here. Just use me when I'm preaching. Use me when I'm speaking. That's good. He says, no, I, I'll empower you, not, not just your strengths, but your weaknesses. Amen. What are you weak at today? Maybe it's parenting. Maybe it's at your job. Maybe you, you, you feel inferior in a certain area in your life. Maybe you feel like there's an area in your life that actually you have no control over. Hey, that's a great recipe for God to come in. Number two, write this down. I want to go through all these five. The Holy Spirit empowers you to live a godly life that bears good fruit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit empowers you to live a godly life that bears good fruit. That was so good. I'm going to say it again. The Holy Spirit empowers you. Someone shout empowers. Empowers you to live a godly life that bears good fruit. Look what uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, it says, so I, say, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. Oftentimes, say, I'm not doing evil. Well, if it's the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants for your life, it might be called evil. Same. That wasn't even in my notes. I just gave you that for free. And the Spirit gives you the desires that are opposite of the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. He says that there is this inner conflict between the Spirit of God and your fleshly desires. He says, but the only way that you are going to overcome, the only way that you are going to produce and live a godly life, the only way that you're going to be able to live this godly life, guess what, is not on your own strength. I think sometimes the, 
the way we think Christians or God followers or Jesus followers look like, like it's, it's like we're always in a, I will overcome. When oftentimes it's actually resting in the fact that Jesus has overcome. And in that, you think that I'm going to produce fruit. I'm going to, and we try to do it on our own strength. But it's not you who's producing the fruit. It's the Holy Spirit producing the fruit. All you got to do is let him guide you. He says there is this tension inside of you. There is a battle between what the Holy Spirit wants and what God, uh, and what your flesh wants. Hashtag Hagen Daz at midnight. You want to see me? You want to see me rebuking demons? Hagen dies twelve midnight. I bind you, devil. And that's something as simple as that. But what about when it's something that that you know that's not for your life? There are some of us that have because well, look what it says. It says that there's a struggle between. What is evil? What is evil? I'm not killing no one. I'm not stealing from anyone. And we think as long as we're not doing those things that we're not doing evil. But the Bible defines evil. He says that the, the, the evil in your life is not so much what you see as this wickedness. The evil is actually opposite of what God wants for you. So anything that is opposite of what God wants for your life may be considered evil in your life. Sometimes that is a career. Because when it's a career or a job, that takes the place of what God wants for your life, it might be evil. Sometimes it's saying no to something that you think is going to bring you the greatest satisfaction. Can I be honest, church? Sometimes it takes you to walk away from things that you think are good for you, but the Holy Spirit says no. But it's not evil. I'm not hurting no one. No, but it's, it's not what the Holy Spirit wants for your life. Sometimes it, it is a job. Sometimes it is a certain decision. Sometimes it is a certain relationship that you have to walk away from and say, you know what, the Holy Spirit, now don't go to your boyfriend and be like, you're evil. <laughs> but on the low, you know. The Holy Spirit said he was evil. Why, why, why are you evil? Because you're not what God wants for my life. I'm going to let you marinate on that one for a little bit. Look what he says. Galatians chapter 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You want to know the success to marriage? Holy Spirit. I surrender. Holy Spirit. You want to see how the Holy Spirit, you want to give access to the Holy Spirit? You learn that in marriage. Easy. ¿Sabes qué? I surrender Holy Spirit. No, porque esta mujer, yo no sé lo que le pasa aquí. Just being honest. And the Holy Spirit, I got to, I got to, love, joy, patience, peace, kindness. The Holy Spirit, look, he says he produces this kind of fruit notice is not plural he says all these things come to you fruit these things come to you when the, you allow the holy spirit to guide your life there are moments in life 
I know you guys won't believe my wife when she says this, but there's moments in her life that I'm not so lovable. I know, I don't believe it either. And my wife needs the Holy Spirit to love me the way God has called her to love me. I want you to live the life that God has called you to live. And you need to do that with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lean into the power of the Holy Spirit. Lean into the access that he's given you. Man, how, how can we walk out these doors and just live a normal, natural life and have no difference between us and anyone else? I want to live a life that when they say, man, what, how did you overcome this? How did you conquer? How did you, how did, how did you, the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Number three, you ready for this? Oh, man, we might just finish it here, guys. I think I'm just going to finish it here. I'll give you the next two. I'll give you two next week. The Holy Spirit empowers you. You ready? To share Christ boldly. But you have received power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my what? Witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit empowers you to share Christ boldly. And this is sometimes the most intimidating aspect of a believer where we we don't want to share Christ boldly. But let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon your life, and when the Holy Spirit empowers you, he allows you to share Christ boldly. You could have fear. You can feel discouraged. You can feel like me. I don't know the words. I don't know everything to share. But let me tell you, when you step out in faith and you say, Holy Spirit, you have anointed me to share your word. Sometimes you have to release it before God anoints it. Because we're waiting to feel empowered enough. And sometimes the empowerment comes in the releasing. I don't, I don't even, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what Leviticus says. I don't even know what Deuteronomy says. Well, guess what? Neither do I. I've read it a couple of times, but I can't memorize that joint. You ever read Deut- Deuteronomy? I can't even pronounce it right. But you... But you step out in boldness. You know what, 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 you know what makes church grow? When the Holy Spirit empowers you to share Christ boldly. It's you, it's you stepping into the picture and, and you allowing God to use you. Because there's going to be people that God has called this church to reach that Pastor Roe will never reach. You know why? Because you have the bait to hook someone. You have their bait. You know that someone that responds to you like if you were their pastor. (laughs) You have their bait. And God has assigned certain people into your life so that you can bring them to the kingdom of God and lead them to Jesus. And let me tell you, it is beautiful what happens here on Sundays. But if all that happens is Sunday, then we're falling short of what God has called us to do as a church community. Because God has empowered us by the Holy Spirit to what? To go out and share the message of the gospel boldly. Look, 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 if we just look around us, you know who brought 
all of us to church, someone that said, hey, man, you, you need to come hear a message of Jesus. It, it wasn't Pastor Rowe. And oftentimes we kind of think that this is for the leaders and for the pastors and for the preachers. But guess what? The Holy Spirit says, no, I've empowered you to go share the message boldly. Even if they look different from us. Even if they don't rub us the right way. They still need Jesus, you know. They do. And they are. When at 17 years old, I remember the Holy Spirit. I remember like it was yesterday. 17 years old. I remember I was in a youth group. I was there for the wrong reasons. I wasn't there to meet God. Someone told me to come to church. I saw pretty girls, and I was like, all right, this is my place. That's, that's the truth. I didn't come to church for the right reasons. I didn't come to church to meet God. I came to church. I liked what I saw, and I stood. One service, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me. And this is what he told me. And I promise you, I promise you, that this is the reason I am here today. Because of that one moment that happened when I was 17 years old. He said, Rolando, there are people that will not come to my kingdom because my message will not come out through your mouth. That's it. That's all he told me. And that was it for me. All right. I will preach your message even if I don't know what I'm talking about. I immediately signed up to Bible Institute. And I said, if I'm going to speak your word, I gotta, I'm going to learn and I'm going to start communicating the gospel. And I said, and the Holy Spirit came into my life and I started sharing. Let me tell you, you start quoting scriptures that you don't even know are in the Bible, but it's the Holy Spirit putting it in your heart. You start merging scriptures. <laughs> I love when people quote scriptures that are not in the Bible. Like, you know, because the Bible says God helps those that help themselves. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit will start sharing with you to tell people things. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit that will write his word in your heart. And you'll start sharing the Bible. And then when you look at the Bible, you'll be like, wow, I said that to someone, but I didn't even know it was in the Bible. But, but I, that's because the Holy Spirit. Now, you start saying things that are not in the Bible. Right, so start reading the Bible. But the Holy Spirit starts putting stuff in your heart that you don't even know what's in the Bible. And you look at the Bible and be like, wow, that, that was the Holy Spirit. Amen? Two more and I'm done. The Holy Spirit empowers you to experience the fullness of life and live out your purpose. I want to say this simply, and I, and I think you grasp it from here. You can't experience the fullness of God without the Holy Spirit. And if we think... If, if the life we're living, we could live and achieve, achieve and obtain without the Holy Spirit. In other words, that we are not, this is not the Holy Spirit empowering us. Then we may not be living, and I say we, we may not be living. It may not be your purpose. Does that make sense? Can, can I be honest with you? Your job is not your purpose. Now, God, now your purpose could be manifested in your job. But your job is not your purpose. Amen? Amen? God did not put you in this world just to make money. Can I be honest? Can I get like four amens? Help me out, somebody. 
Now, you can make money. How many of you want to? I want to make money without a doubt. But that's not my purpose. My purpose is to fulfill God's mission on earth. And in that, he supplies all my needs. In that, he will make you rich. In that, he will make you wealthy. Amen. And number five, and we're done. The Holy Spirit empowers you with the assurance that you are never alone. The Holy Spirit empowers you with the assurance that you are never alone. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate and you will never, and he will never leave you. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. He is at the pinnacle of your success. And he's at the very bottom of your failures. And this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, what you found is that the Holy Spirit, it would describe as that the Holy Spirit came upon uh, the mighty men of God. Came upon them. And there were times that the Holy Spirit would retract. There were times that the Holy Spirit, you, you hear or you'll read terms the Holy Spirit departed or the Holy Spirit left or the Holy Spirit was not there but after what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence in your life and Jesus makes this promise I love it because in Matthew chapter 28 it says, all authority has been given to me. And you guys have heard the scripture um, we call the Great Commission, which is the, 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 com- the commission that God has given every single believer, which is go out and make disciples. At the basic level, that is what we're called to do. We are, go- we are to go and tell people about this great news that we believe in. Right? But look what it says. It says, but, but more importantly, it says, go out and make disciples and make them in, in all nations. It says, more importantly, remember that I will never leave you nor forsake you. sometimes even disciple making we think we could do without the power of the Holy Spirit and we think it's how good we articulate and how good we communicate and how but Jesus says I will never leave you because I'm sending you the Holy Spirit I will never leave you nor forsake you and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you Oftentimes we walk alone not And it's only in our minds where the Holy Spirit is right by us and we have access to power. And we want to do it in our own strength. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm by your side. Tap into me. areas have we felt weak at? What areas have we felt like we were alone? You know, when the Holy Spirit empowers you, He gives you the realization and a God awareness that says, I am never alone. My mother could have forsaken me. My father could have forsaken me. Let me tell you, I adore I adore my mom. My mom is my hero. But it pales and I It pales in comparison to the awareness of God in my life. I adore my wife and my children, but it does not compare 
to the awareness of God in my life. And I'm not saying that in a boastful way. I'm not, please don't misunderstand this. Oh, Pastor Will got it together. No, I'm letting you know that when you have an awareness of God in your life, you live a very powerful life because you realize that you cannot do anything without him. I pray that, I pray that this church community reaches successes and lengths and we reach people for Jesus and and God fills this place with all sorts of people, people that are at the top of the toting pole and people who have hit rock, rock bottom. But at the end of the day, it's not because of how good we are, but it's because of how good God is. That's it. The Holy Spirit will never leave you nor forsake you. He's there. He, you know what? He was there even when you were being abused. He was there even when you were being disappointed. I lost a couple of years, seven years ago now, I lost everything. I lost my home, my car, my family, my job. I lost everything. I, I, I haven't even shared this with some of my leaders don't even know. I had to go on welfare. I had to go live back with my mother. The Holy Spirit was there the whole time. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even when you don't feel empowered, you might be the most powerful agent in the universe because the Holy Spirit is in you. I want you to bow your heads. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.